0: guys welcome to another episode of metal mastermind your co-host and co-founder jason stalworth here also co-founder and co-host the great Ken Cadellis. <laughs> dude what is up man
1: i'm good man i've been uh super freaking busy uh, a lot of yeah. learning of other new processes and distribution that's been uh that's been an entire journey all of it its own you know some people uh forget that It's not over when you finally master the album.
0: (laughs) No, no. You know, it's just beginning. Yeah, you know, it's a good and we'll we'll get into this too. And guys, what we're going to talk about today, you see the title already. Uh, We're going to talk about your self-worth. How much are you worth? And we're not even talking about, you know, with money, but with your time, just overall. We're going to talk about confidence building and that sort of thing. I think it's something us musicians, we, we can struggle with at times, uh, especially especially with the Internet these days. Sometimes people can say one thing, and it just kind of drags you down. So uh, before we get into this, Ma'am. though, guys, uh, real quick, I want to let you know this show is sponsored by—do we have a sponsor? Yeah. Opulus. <laughs> well, it's is, is, is sponsored by Metal Mastermind. <laughs> we. We are sponsoring ourselves today, guys. Uh, On that note, we just want to do a quick plug before we get started to to check out our courses, guys. We have an entire library of metal musician courses out there on MetalMastermind.com. Guys, we've got courses for bass. We've got several guitar courses out there. Ken, you've got a theory course. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone just purchased this morning your studio designer course, man. Like how to build a studio, a professional studio, not just here's an interface and computer and you're done, but a pro studio in your home. Really good course going over the science of sound way above my head. Uh, we got vocal courses, guys. we got a mixing course out there. So do check us out at MetalMastermind.com if you haven't seen all of our courses already. Uh, another quick plug, we just started uh, a membership on our YouTube channel. So we're going to have, like, I think this podcast right here will be our first video that we provide to our YouTube members who join. It's a very small fee for that, guys, and it's just uh, really it's just a way to support what we're doing here. You know, we had, we had thought at one point we we're going to have to raise our course prices or maybe make the courses a subscription uh, because, well, You know, as running any business, there are costs involved. There are time requirements. But instead, we decided to let's just allow people to, you know, to support us on YouTube if they want to. So that's out there. We'll let you guys know. Uh, With that said, guys, let's get moving with the podcast. So, Ken, you know, you were just talking about, because I want to touch on this. I want to go back to this real quick, how your album, it's mastered, it's mixed, it's mastered everything. But the work is not done there, dude. Not even close, right?
1: Not even, no, you know, you have to understand metadata, how to make sure that all the pieces of the puzzle always connect. Uh, it, it's complex and you have to give yourself a lot of runway. Uh, I've given myself at least a year to, to get it done, or I, I would say at least nine months, you know, think about it like a baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's nine months to out. deliver your product. <laughs> yeah, your your
0: product's popping out in September, right? <laughs> there you go
1: exactly so yeah it's a it's a it's a good idea to give yourself a lot of runway because uh if you didn't know uh like things like Spotify playlists, editorials, and all that kind of stuff they uh they require that your music's not released yet, so mm-hmm. you have to make sure that if you want to get on something like that, you'll have to uh prepare ahead of time. Uh, all the materials, make sure everything is ready to go. It's easy to access. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds correct. You know, it's, there's no distortion because uh, you know, you're converting a file or whatever. There's a lot of those uh, pieces that uh, it it takes even me, like a good month of just quality control of just making sure things are correct. And Oh my gosh, you know, it's laborious. So, uh, it doesn't stop when you finish with the mastering process. You don't just go upload. It's, uh, it's a whole thing to prepare. You might even talk to what press releases and all that kind of stuff. So
0: Yeah, I know you've talked to some press release companies. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it just goes to show you that you can't really get frustrated if you release your song or your album, but then nothing happens. Maybe your friends and family listen to it, but it's just not getting the attention. You also have to be able to market that album, that song. You have to be able to put it right. out there. And it's much more than just telling your Facebook audience, hey, I just dropped a new track. Because honestly, nobody really cares that much. You might have a few people that want to listen, but the way to, to get it really get it out there is to promote it and continue promoting it. And Ken, you're doing a lot like with the PR and that, and that sort of thing. Uh, There are a lot of companies that will do, like, honest reviews on your album and they'll put it out there. Now, me, I took a little bit different approach with the Overcometh album that I released in December. I didn't do any press release, no prep work at all. Uh, What I'm doing is I've been releasing my usual every Saturday guitar lesson videos on riffs and licks. And I'm just taking parts of my songs and like, hey, this this cool riff like that's last week. That's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's like I had a riff and it sounds really heavy, but it's in E standard. So how to do a heavy riff in E standard. And it was a part of a song called Higher Purpose the Chorus. Really simple chord progression. The four magical chord were not quite that, but it's simple progression. And uh, by the way, you know, this is the song. This is the album, if you guys haven't heard it yet. So that's how I've been promoting mine. I'm just kind of testing the waters uh with that side of things and of course putting it out there putting lyric videos out there that helps guys uh putting those out on social media and youtube ken i know you've got some stuff coming up uh with lyric videos as well so yeah there there are many different things that you can do um and i may i may i'm kind of late in the game doing this because this was released in december but i may reach out to some press release companies to kind of relaunch it um can you help me Get the CDs on our shop. Uh, By the way, guys, another quick plug here. Sorry for all the plugs, but uh, MetalMastermindShop.com, or you can just go to MetalMastermind.com and click on the shop button there. We have a brand new shop up. We've got some new merch. Uh, Ken, you've got some merch from Homeric out there. I've got stuff from my album, so do check that out as well. But, yeah, it just, just goes to show everyone listening that there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And, Ken, maybe we'll, maybe we'll write a blog post or do a video on, on some tactics, you know, maybe if that's what you guys want. Sure. We can do something like that, man, because I would love to know, you and I have talked about this, of course, but I would love to know, like, everything that you did, kind of in a bullet point session with a little detail, because you have done so much for Homeric, this album you have coming out in, in September. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, it's almost like you're running an entire separate business with Homeric. That's yeah. what it feels like.
1: One hundred percent, you know, because well, it it it, it's one of those things where if you had spent a lot of time on something that you really care about, you take every single precaution to make it done right, correct. So these sorts of uh, mentalities that we're we're kind of bringing into the fray here, you have to come in if like because if you don't have the resources like a label does, you know, it's really. On you to make it happen, so if you care about it, you're going to be that much more adamant to make it work so um these kinds of processes take a bit of time to prepare for uh you know uh, luckily, like I was really into art when I was young, and so when I went to high school, I learned a lot about Photoshop and Illustrator and all that kind of stuff, and I got good at making my own graphics so I can do a lot of the web design stuff to help make banners and promo and all that kind of stuff because I have certain skill sets that I've acquired over the course of time. And, you know, obviously music is definitely part of that because that's what I'm releasing. But (laughs) everything coming together, you know, it all becomes, you know, can you be a good uh, content creator? Because it's not just being a musician anymore. It really is being an entertainer Uh, an informist, right? And a promoter all in the same bucket. And you as a creator is now uh, multi-dimensional in everything that you do and every facet that has to be put in with your record. Your record is kind of the thing that keeps people there, but everything that gets people to see that must be also considered. So if you don't have a budget to really make uh, you know, let's say a label come through real fast, and you're going to have to, um, essentially work it. You have to build the skills to make your content look good, and and translate, and make videos, and all that kind of stuff. Because that's that's the world we live in.
0: It is, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's uh, it's more difficult in a lot of ways to push through the noise because there's so much out there. But at the same time. You know, the musicians thirty, forty years ago, and prior to that, didn't have this luxury to get their stuff out. It's almost like if you weren't signed by a label, nobody was ever going to know who you are. So today, we have the opportunity to get our music out there, but that doesn't make it easier by any means. Because again, right. there people are uploading music. Like I don't know how many how many new songs go out on Spotify each hour, but I know it's an insane amount, or uh, at least each day. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. And, like, I love, I love how Ken talks about art and web design because, dude, you can take something that would take me, like, six hours or maybe two days, and you pop it out in, like, five minutes. I'm like, what the hell, dude? And, and, <laughs> and it's pristine. Like, I couldn't get this design to work on a T-shirt, and, and I'm, like, I'm spending hours on it. And Ken's, like, in, you know, like, five, ten minutes, like, oh, here, dude. <laughs> so, You're welcome. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> Even with with the web stuff, you know, Ken, you know, we both design metalmastermind.com dot com, but uh, you know, I've always been good at getting the the upfront work done and getting it done fairly quickly and, and doing a lot of volume. But Ken, you know, pretty much made everything look nice and pretty. <laughs> so and and very quickly, because when it comes to those those finite details, I tend to you know, tend to not be so great at it, but yeah. Yeah, guys. So we, we'll have something coming out soon. Maybe a blog post can, we're going to be writing a lot more, uh, on the website here. Blogs aren't dead. We've learned that, you know, people still, we, we look at our website analytics and, um, we have a lot of helpful tips out there in writing, you know, of course, as well as videos we will continue YouTube. Obviously, uh, videos are very powerful, which is why, Hey, this is going to be on video here for our YouTube members. So thank you guys for, Joining if you're on our YouTube membership here. Uh, but yeah, the, the written word is still powerful. Um, what I'll tell you guys too, and this is a topic for another day, we are not using any kind of AI. And it's not saying that we're for or against it, whatever. We don't really have an emotion towards it. It's just we want the content that we create from our courses to our YouTube videos to even our blog posts. We want them to be authentic, you know, and it's, it's coming from us which that might mean, especially when it's coming from me, that there are some imperfections <laughs> because I'm extremely human, but we want them to be, and they will be authentic. So just, you know, know that, that the stuff that's out there, it's coming from from both Ken and I. It's coming from the heart, from our experience, and, and from us simply wanting to, you know, give you guys value.
1: Yeah, every everything that we do, it, it, we do it by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, artificial intelligence has its place, but I think when it comes to, Operating a business like Metal Mastermind, um, it's it's you can't replace the human voice, and so when you do with artificial intelligence, you might you run the risk of not sounding like yourself, especially through written word. Um, That's very difficult, and people can see through that. You know, Um, it's kind of like saying when you hear music that has you know. Digital samples in it—that's replacing the real thing. Like you could hear it; mm. <laughs> it's not oh, supposed yeah, dude, yeah. to be. It's not. It doesn't sound realistic. So um, that sort of organic idea is, is 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 really important to understand. So we try to we try to be as authentic as possible with you guys and transparent. So um, and yeah, thanks for supporting us. That's it's really really important that you support uh, independent music and the in- industry of independent metal musicians. Uh, that's one of the reasons why metal mastermind exists is because we tried to create something that was a resource for metal musicians. Cause we saw that there was a gap in the market for something like that. Um, and, uh, we've gotten great response from you guys and that's a yes. really, really, that shows a lot of love. So we really, really appreciate it. It's, it's a good, it's a good feeling.
0: It's, it's a great feeling, dude. You know, I want to get into, uh, what we were talking about earlier and kind of the, the core, subject line here of this show and that's talking about how much how much worth that we have or how we perceive ourselves what are you worth and we can talk about money uh we can we can talk about you know other things outside of money as well but i think it's something that musicians some of us anyway not everybody you know not everything is is universal and generalized but i think the majority at least the majority musicians i know and i've met my life have had some sort of struggle with self-worth and sometimes we go for the low end and don't go right away for the high end because we just don't think we're quite worth it. And yeah. I want you to think about an area in your life where you might think that, you know, it might be might be in your musicianship. We always tend to down ourselves because we see other people at a higher level or they can play faster, sing higher, whatever the case may be uh, that seem to, to do it more perfectly or Which can be very subjective, but better—that's a very subjective word—and I don't, I don't believe perfection exists. And and of course, unless we're going back to the AI and electronics, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. But I want you to think about that, though. Think of other areas. Um, I'll give you a short story here, and I know Ken, you've got some examples coming up too. Uh, I remember I had a chance to get promoted when I was in the corporate world. By the way, this month is like four, my four-year anniversary that I've been gone from corporate America, and I'm. I've been on my own as a full time musician, (laughs) entrepreneur, and whatever else you call me. But uh, in any case, I remember in the corporate job, uh, you know, I got a few promotions there. I I did well, but there's one particular promotion and I didn't really, I I didn't think I was ready for it. So I didn't apply for it. And my coworker, she had been there longer than me. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get it anyway. So I'm I'm just not going to, I'm not going to bother applying for it. And my boss, after the fact, my big boss, after the fact, she got the promotion. He asked me, why didn't you apply for this, Jason? I'm like, well, Hmm. I knew this person had more experience and and they were applying for the job. And I just didn't feel like I was, Honestly, I didn't feel like I was, I was worth it. I didn't feel like I had it. He's like, do not ever do that to yourself again. Now he didn't tell me I would have gotten the job if I would have applied for it, but he's like, don't do that to yourself. Don't ever do that to yourself. And there's a difference, guys, between like, okay, you're really not ready for something, versus, well, maybe you just don't think you're ready. But if if you if you're honest with yourself, you have what it takes. But I think there's that fear of the unknown. It's like, okay, well, I might have what it takes, but what if this happens? What if that happens? What you know? What happens if I don't know? And I think we right. kind of like lower ourselves sometimes. Uh, so Ken, I know you've got you've got tons of examples on this as well, man
1: yeah I mean, when I was learning and being an audio engineer in the field, um I consider it this as my my last internship that I've ever taken, but it wasn't really an internship that I was intending on doing. <laughs> um, when I started this quote- unquote internship," I was actually already working and earning money um as an audio engineer for a living. So I looked at this uh, internship really as a gig that I wanted to just do a little bit more side work to then uh, just kind of get better at broadcast. So uh, that ended up being told to me that this was going to be an internship. And he uh, wanted to have somebody that could just be around, help with the shop, that kind of stuff. I reluctantly agreed, but i agreed and uh when i started doing the work um it was quickly apparent to me that this was going to be a lot of stuff to do a lot of cleanup the shop was in disarray there was a lot of stuff i was doing things like cleaning up uh the the maintenance of the building uh (laughs) in order to kind of get better at Uh, audio which of course you're like well how does that relate it doesn't (laughs) but it is uh, a a step in knowing things about let's say like uh, owning a building or entrepreneurship in that in that sense right having responsibility for real estate for your shop Uh, I did learn a lot about doing things like that Um, but over time uh, as I was becoming a part uh, of more gigs and we would do we do quite some cool stuff we did things like brand x you know that band from a while ago uh we did uh the newport folk festival uh we did a couple cool uh gigs around the city and around uh, the united states we would go to washington dc with a remote recording truck we recorded uh one of the first instances of immersive sound here in the U S with PBS. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, we did, we did a lot of cool things. Um, but over time, uh, I was, I was realizing that I definitely had uh, a lot more that I was providing than I was given credit for. And on one gig, uh, I was, I was in an instance where I had to cover, uh, in an emergency situation, uh, another engineer, because uh, a data technician had accidentally taken from three different stages that we were recording simultaneously at the same time, had taken that information and put them all into one place. So Mm -hmm. you basically had, for example, in a In an audio folder track, three kick drums, but these kick drums came from different stages, so as you were mixing, you didn't even know which kick drum belonged from which stage <laughs> so he you know to say that everybody was kind of panicking was an understatement, so <laughs> they had uh <clears throat> the engineer that I was uh assisting uh go into that uh, and help you know manage and mitigate all the instances of what was being put onto that drive so i ended up taking over as essentially another audio engineer and i was uh, told that no i wasn't going to be given that credit uh because i was just a utility that day um and uh, i actually ended up getting that credit but not because of the, my employer i actually had talked to uh, the radio company NPR, directly and they did that for me so nice, um, nice yeah, I ended up still getting what I rightfully deserved, and uh, but after that day, uh, I had to tell my employer to screw up. I said, "I am not working with you ever again." Um, I have a lot of worth. I saved your gig, by the way, um, and we had to like move on. Like, I, I, this was not a healthy environment for me. I was being verbally abused, to be honest. So I, I said, I can't stand "No, that, dude,
0: I can't." This stand is that.
1: yeah, and I. I like to think that I have a lot of temperance you you know patience and be willing to work at it and it's good as an instructor to have a lot of temperance but um, sometimes when it comes to uh, certain relationships you know I I might have a little bit too much patience working with people I don't really need to be patient with Um, and that is something I had to learn uh, to uh, control on who I give so much of my time to because i can be very patient and i can i can be uh humble and learn a lot um that kind of mentality was very good for my uh process as a student uh but then growing into also being able to do bigger things that's also one of the reasons where i transitioned from that to good morning america and uh i did a lot of good morning america for several years and It was because of that gig that it propelled me into that field. So, yeah, super interesting. But, you know, on the other side of things, it's like what was uh, maybe an abusive experience in some way, shape or form turned out to be a positive one because I flipped it into something that worked for me. Um, And I only could have done that if I had walked away. So. Knowing, knowing your worth is huge, uh, but it's never apparent for you in the moment until you, know, you might have to come to a point of, of a cross in the road um, where you make that decision for yourself.
0: I love what you said about patience, too, because you know, we, we also we don't just look at the money aspect of it. Okay, how much, I, how much am I worth? because I know mm-hmm. we all get money from somewhere, right? I run my own business, right. and you, you run this with me. We run this together and we have other things that we do. Uh, a lot of you listening, you either go to a job to make money or you have your own business where you sell a product or provide a service, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Uh, and of course, sometimes we can lowball ourselves, right? We can like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just take this. It's like, wait a minute. Know what you're worth, but not only from that that spectrum though from also like you talked about the time your time is just as important as well uh you have to be careful who you give that time to and ken like you said you're not giving this person any more of your time you're done because that time is valuable not only from a monetary perspective but from the perspective of it's it's your time you know right and Me, when I'm not working, I work quite a bit. I work a lot, like my entire life. And those of you who have your own company, your own business or whatever, you you know this. uh, Your entire life revolves around that. So pick something you enjoy doing, right? Absolutely. But your entire, you know, until you get to the point, if, if you have a business where you can, you know, just kind of like be the investor in it or, or be the big boss and you have other people running it but there are still things that roll up to you at the end of the day all that's on your shoulders. so you have um you know you have your time and that needs to be something that's held of great value me if i'm not working well i'm spending time my wife and i we're spending time together we're doing stuff together we're we're going to dinner we're going to get some pizza in lakeland tonight you know lakeland florida uh, take a trip to see a good friend of ours uh, or we'll go on a trip or whatever so sometimes i might not answer emails back right away i get an influx of emails from folks and i I do my best i do my best to answer people's you know uh, i'm really good about answering comments but as far as emails and personal messages go I, i don't always get to those because it's like after a long day of working I've got to turn it off at some point and I want to spend time with my wife. You know, that's very important to me. So you do, your time has to be valuable. You know, your time has to be kind of, you know, sacred to you as well as how much you're worth money wise. I think.
1: Absolutely. You have to, you have to kind of guard that, uh, defend it with the utmost, you know, priority. Your, uh, your time is so limited and over time, I feel most of us uh, kind of get an understanding for that, because as we grow older, we appreciate things I think a little more. Yeah. But when you're young and you're exploring, like your time is is best in uh, spent as exploring the things that you might want to want to do. Sure. Uh, as you get older, it, it becomes more about refining what that is, and then prioritizing it more and doing things for other people less yeah. Um, yeah i found that that seems to be the case for for most things that i do and trying to constantly stay in line with that becomes the trickiest part <laughs> yeah. uh because i love for example i like playing music and i'm you know i i do homeric and i do metal mastermind but I play in uh, two other bands occasionally here, you know. So uh, one of them being Four Trips Ahead, which I'm uh, i am uh, I'm, I'm an equal member of that band. And then I play also for the lead singer uh, in his own private project here and there. So that always keeps me playing. And that's one of the reasons why I love to prioritize that in my life, because unlike Homeric, which is a very, you know, offline project for the most part, like I'll play the music on it, but it's not like I'm right now at this point in time going out there and playing Homeric to an audience. Um, so I can do shows with four trips and I can do shows with Peter and I can make, you know, music happen and keep my chops up and that keeps a rhythm going in my life. And that's why I like to prioritize that. So, um, but I'm doing it in, 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 for mostly in the reason that I'm here, I am, I'm able to play drums Uh, Which is important to me. I need to be able to always keep playing drums so that I'm always fresh. (laughs) And uh, you know, when it it really helps to have uh, a band to play with, so that not only am I uh, able to practice my technique, which I can do, especially on my own time, but I like to prioritize playing with people and having that communal energy uh you know sort of fostered and grown and nurtured so uh it's very important to to have that very different
0: dynamic playing with other (laughs) musicians man i mean i you know we we most of us are are practicing our instrument and just jamming at home and and that's great do that as much as you can but uh and, and even with my solo gigs you know, i've been playing these solo acoustic gigs for i don't know three or four years now And, of course, you know, I get the the playing in front of people experience because I don't ever want to lose that. I always want to be playing live in in some form, in some capacity. But uh, I've got my first show, live show, metal show, playing my own music off the new album for Overcometh. Uh, I say first show. It's my first show for Overcometh. Um, I've played in bands, you know, throughout my (laughs) entire life. Uh, but there was a point in time where I didn't play live for a few years, which again is why I started doing the solo acoustic thing. I'm like, well, at least I can be out there in front of people. I don't lose that. Uh, I don't want to lose that. You know, that skill because that's a different skill. You know. By the way, I encourage you guys if you're not playing in front of people, even if you're a hobbyist, I encourage you to go to an open mic and just jam. Just do it once a month, once a week, whatever. Uh but anyway, we got the show coming up and as a solo artist like like you can with Homeric it's a solo project. I'm like, "Well, how am I going to pull this off? I'm not playing to tracks. I refuse to do that. I've done that before. I did that with a masterpiece album and I just I just didn't like how that went. I think I did two yeah. shows playing to the tracks. I'm like, I just I don't like this. I you know, you know just didn't feel right yeah. to me. Uh there were very small shows by the way. But I'm playing at the Brass Mug with uh, with some other bands, Siren, Oblivion, and Seasons of the Wolf, here on February 17th, and uh, here in Tampa. And I recruited some musicians. I've got the drummer, uh, Will James from Must Not Kill. He's playing with me. Phenomenal drummer, man. Uh, I've got Drew playing the second guitar, the rhythm guitar, Drew from the Drinking with Drew show. Uh, he's here based out of Tampa. And then I've got a phenomenal bass player. He just came on board last night, practiced with him for the first time, Daniel Santana. Um, Amazing. And he's, he's played with Must Not Kill before. He's played with several bands. Uh, he, he brought in like a six-string bass man and a dark, <laughs> g- dark glass amp. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, man. Monsters. So, yeah, I bet. All that said, though, it's a different dynamic when you're playing live uh, with a band, and especially metal music, man, you know. My music, I'm not going to say it's overly complicated, it's not, uh, but there are a lot of key changes and little nuances that just cater to my own style, you know, so everybody caught on really fast, but yeah, uh, that's coming up February 17th, we've got one more practice and we're, we're, you know, we're getting things down really tight, so I'm, I'm really excited about that coming up.
1: Oh that's sick dude. I'm yeah. so excited to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, there will be I'm going to get some video of course. We're going to uh we're going to do our best to get the sound uh, this the file from the sound man after the fact and uh and I I hope to have enough people filming from different angles and I can put some cool stuff together after the show. So.
1: Wow, man. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, this yeah. is this is a big moment for you.
0: It is. I'm I'm hoping that it leads to some other live shows. Uh I'll tell you dude and, and I don't know if you feel this way with Homeric uh, or if you plan to play live with Homeric and, or any of you that have a solo project where it's just you uh, even though you, I hired a drummer you know Cameron Flurry out of Canada I didn't know William James at the time and when I started working with Cameron I, I don't think I knew you that well you know when I first started working with Cameron Flurry which he's an amazing drummer right? I have no regrets whatsoever he did a, he did an amazing job on the drums but you know I'm, I'm getting people that live in other places my point is that he's in canada he's not gonna fly all the way down here to play drums for for a show for minimal amount you know right so you know it's kind of like okay well i guess it's just gonna be jason Stallworth, my music's online i'll put some stuff on youtube or whatever and that's it but uh in any case though you know as as a solo musician though i still feel i feel feel kind of weird up there as jason Stallworth with a band I mean, it's sort of like I kind of want just a band name i don't know I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but <laughs> it just it just feels a little strange so um.
1: uh well, I mean, Homeric is a band name, I guess you could say yeah, um yeah. it's it's definitely a little more detached that way, yeah. where it's not like oh, you're coming up to see Ken Cadellis. you know it's like <laughs> you're going up to see Homeric, you know right right which uh which has its own impact as i guess uh as an artist right uh, yeah. Because now you can kind of, the thing that I find trouble troublesome when you're being just yourself uh, is that you have a hard time disassociating your personality from the music. Um, so I found that with using a name like Homeric, I could have the name represent an ideal that this music is supposed to represent, Sure. Uh, which is hard when it's just a person, unless that person is very well known for being a certain way Um, which you know people when they go to see Jason Stallworth they will immediately think you know Jason authentic person with a love for metal guitar and that's a a part of your brand that people already know and love about Jason Stallworth so um, but you have uh, this idea of doing this other band project which you don't really talk about too much right but it's it's yeah. a very uh, interesting idea um it's a dark hysteria yeah, as, and, uh, yeah Right i own
0: the name <laughs> of it so it you know the, there's there's two concepts here i'll cover real quick there's uh with this particular project i've already started writing for it it's just a very slow kind of you know in the back of my right. mind process it's been it's been back there in the noggin for like I don't know, a decade, well over a decade now. You know, I started working on, I've got songs that I started writing for this in 2009, but, um, and I came up with a name a few years after that. So I've, I've got that taken care of. And this is more like what Homeric is to you though. It's more like Mm. it's, it is a project, you know, I don't know that I'll make it an actual band. I'm not sure about that. I might, I might just hire out musicians and, because I want to make, I want to make a script for it. I want to, you know, I'm going to have, you know, a book with it, sort of like what you have for Homeric. I've been I've been wanting to do this for well over a decade now. I've had the vision for well over a decade now. Uh, I know the theme behind it and everything, um, but I just, for whatever reason, I haven't started working on it yet. I just didn't feel like it was time to really get moving on it. But this year, I'm getting moving on it. Wow. Uh, so I, I don't know if I want that to be an actual band. When I say band, this is the other concept, the other side I want to share. And tell me if you feel the same way, you know, uh, when I think of a band, because this other project, darkness area, it would, it would all It almost be like Megadeth in the sense how Dave Mustaine really is Megadeth because he can get rid of all the musicians and just have higher guns, which that's pretty much what everybody is. Right. I mean, when, when you kicked out Dave Ellison and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, yeah. go down that conversation because I don't know all the details behind that. None of us really do, but, uh, it just goes to show you that Dave Mustaine is the owner of Megadeth. You know, you are the owner of Homer. You know, I am the right. owner of this other project here. So, do I want that? Which I, I'm going to pursue that regardless. But the band, I feel, I would like, if I'm going to start a band here in Tampa, I would like everybody to be equal partners. Just like your band, Four Trips Ahead, you, get, you said you're an equal right. partner in that band. Everybody takes songwriting credit what happened decades ago, and I guess it still happens today, is that people would contribute to the songwriting process and everything, but only one person would get the credit or maybe two. And then as the band members split, well, the one person that, that kind of stayed in it the whole time, they're getting all the credit because they're a songwriter and, and everybody else is just is not getting anything. And I think that's why there are a lot of uh, people that, you would think that were famous back in the day that are that are kind of broke now um i was talking to a guy that's in a notable band has been i don't don't want to say the name but in a very notable band um and then i found out that they had to go to a day job i'm like so i just had to scratch my head for a moment there i'm like so you mean and I, i didn't get into the conversation but i'm thinking so you mean you're in this notable band i mean for all these years you got all these albums and They weren't ultra-famous, but they were playing out all the time. Mm -hmm. And then come to find, yeah, yeah, they're still working a day job, right? So I'm like, okay, I I want, as a band, though, uh, I want it different from Jason Stallworth. I don't want it to be Jason Stallworth. I don't want it to necessarily be this other project that I have, because I have a bigger, like you with Homeric, you It's not just an album that you're working on, Ken. This is a world, right? This is a this is a thing of many creations attached to it. Well, that's kind of what Darkness Area is as well. So I don't know how I'm going to approach that, Um, (laughs) because there's that part of me that wants to play that live. And do I just have hired guns to do that? Um, You know, now another neat concept for home Eric and for this project I have going is if you were to tour. Let's say you were to tour around the world. Let's let's take a, a little uh, fairy tale ride here. This isn't fairy tale. This could happen. But you go around to these different countries to play, and ahead of time, you just you reach out to musicians in that area to learn your songs, and they play with you at that show at, in that country. Yeah. And then you move on to the next part, and you have musicians playing. So so the show is going to be really different every time. Now that yep. would be quite challenging, but I don't know
1: you know that well you, they do sort of, that uh with uh philharmonic orchestras okay okay right that's yeah. you mean you know the orchestra is not getting, the entire orchestra is not getting on the plane
0: <laughs> right right exactly it's like the whole so plane's just, orchestra
1: yeah they've got everything uh written down so you get session musicians essentially yeah. and uh you say hey this is what we're going to play here's the stuff then it becomes like a classical performance <laughs>
0: And that's, that's cool. I mean, I, you know what, I would, I wouldn't, you I know, wouldn't mind doing something like that. That's a great, that's a great gig to have. If, uh, yeah. if you know you're going to be the session musician for, or a live session musician for a band that comes through twice a year or once a year or whatever, and then you can do that for multiple bands. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I'd rather write my own music than learn someone else's, but that's just me. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind doing that as an artist as going to other places. And even as Jason yeah. Stallworth, you know, going to somewhere, is like, hey, guys, can you learn these parts? Uh drummer and a bass player, another guitar player. Um, of course, as long as I play live in Tampa, if the guys that are playing with me for this show are willing to play other shows with me, and I'll <laughs> compensate them as much as I possibly can. Uh, I'm very happy with the lineup I have right now. Uh, very, very <laughs> grateful. So, uh, yeah, Will, um, <laughs> the will and drew and daniel if you guys happen to listen to this thank you i can't thank you guys enough but um but the band going back to the band thing i'd, I'd really if i started a band um i do believe you have to have some sort of hierarchy in it you know uh, as a person that started it or
1: and, absolutely. You know, can I, I, I might be wrong about that though man no I might... you know you're absolutely right you're absolutely right okay. because you need at least um, somebody who has direction that can help right. everybody move in, a, in, in, in where we need to move to. So, gotcha,
0: gotcha. Um,
1: I, I, I mean, just speaking from experience, I've tried doing the whole democratic, everybody's equal thing, and it never works because at some point, somebody has a contention and they feel very strongly about that, yeah. and then there's nothing to break the tie. So mm-hmm. you have to yeah be very careful about how democratic you are with your, with your band, um, you can treat everybody with respect, but there needs to be the unspoken thing where it's like, "But I still report to you uh, as the leader of this band to help us, you know, bring our vision to life, right?" Yeah, yeah, I guess um, you're right, and
0: it's different roles. The different roles you're talking yes. about in, in in companies and in bands, you know, uh, just thinking of Metallica, you know, you've got you've got kind of you've kind of got dual leadership there because you've got Hetfield and Lars, and I think I don't know. I think they kind of have a dual CEO role type of thing, I guess. But Kurt, yeah, he's part of the band, but I don't know how much, you know, well, as far as leadership. Well, if you think about
1: Metallica, um, who was the leader when they were in the studio writing their stuff? It was a record producer. Right, right. You know, and they had to the sit albums, down yeah. with Metallica and tell them and be the voice of reason in many ways to say, hey, this art, this is not really working can we go and do this or whatever? Or even a band like Iron Maiden or Ozzy Osbourne, like there were producers there yeah. um, who were able to deal with personalities. So sure. that's kind of one of the things that's really important about being a producer. It's not just like knowing how to create the sound, but it's also managing and being a, a psychotherapist sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. Yeah. You
1: are literally dealing with personalities
0: bands are tough man it's 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 almost like you're in like a mini marriage with you know four other people so that can be hard and there's so there's something to be said about hey i'm i'm gonna play my music and if i want a hired gun or somebody wants to to sit in with me uh for this show or for the these 10 shows or whatever you know there is uh there's a lot to be said for that you know
1: yeah and not being taken advantage of either um I remember here's another story. I remember being a part of a band one time and uh it was called Blind Sight. It, it was like this uh almost like Bon Jovi alternative rock type of vibe. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and uh and yeah the singer was in was in love with Bon Jovi. Loved him. So uh but I would go over to this guy's place. We 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 play it was drums and guitar at the time, just me and him at that moment cool um and we would write music uh or we would develop his songs because he wrote the songs um and when i got to a point where i said hey you know when when are we going to write some new stuff um i'd like to be a part of that process and he would tell me he said oh no 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 you're you're not going to be a part of that process and i'm just sorry but that's not happening and i said whoa <laughs> i thought this was a band <laughs> not a not a session gig you know and um i had to tell him that okay that's fine but then just start paying me <laughs> yeah <laughs> because i'm honestly not getting anything in return on the back end of this so you're going to have to start paying me or i'm just walking away and uh he, he put up with it for a little bit, but after a while it was just like, Yeah, this is not working out. <laughs> um and uh sure I told him, good. you know, just own that. Own being the um the one person of this band. This is your project. If this is your project, that's fine. But like be upfront about it, you know? You know. Um and don't bring people on thinking that maybe they'll feel like they're a part of a band when really they're just a part of your vision. So um that's a lesson that he had to learn and uh, i learned too of course and uh, that was a very good moment in my career to also think about uh how i would you know move my own project forward and taking ownership for being um what i wanted it to be uh not apologizing for my own vision uh in that sense and you know, of course, if you've heard any of my stories about Homeric, you probably have heard that it's, it was a band at one point. Yeah. And it then became not a band, it became a project, uh, which is totally fine, but it, is, it, it was for the better. better. For it was so much for the better in that cost.
0: Well, and as, as, a, as the owner of Homeric, uh, as the owner of my own music, Jason Stallworth and this other project, you know, we, we have the songwriting credits. And like you said yeah. before, you know, I think you had to establish that in the beginning. Yeah, there, there, there should be some sort of hierarchy, especially in that case. Like Homeric, you are the boss. That's, you know, right. point blank. That's it. You're not going to allow somebody else to come in and like, oh, Ken, I'm part of Homeric now. We're a band. I have stake in it and say-so in it. I don't think you ever want anyone else to be part of the songwriting process because that's your band, you know. Um, now, with a band and everybody's pitching in, you may still have your your leader, so to speak. But when it comes to songwriting, I, I think it has to be very clear about the credits because the last thing yeah. you want, like you just said, your your story just now, Ken, it really resonates in this and a lot of people don't think about this or didn't think about this in the early days. As a band, these are our songs, but then as we as they're getting paid to do the shows and when all these sales come in and, and when the streaming starts and all that, it's like, okay, well the money's only going to one person. What happened? I was part of that, you know, part of that writing process. So I think those things have to be established early on as a band. Are we writing this? Let's say we got a four piece band. You know, let's say Ken and I mm-hmm. started to start something, right? And we got two more people in it. Uh, and, and Ken and I start writing songs for it, right? Do we allow the other people to write with us and to distribute that credit evenly? So that would be a decision we'd have to make. The last thing yeah. we want to do is say, hey, we're a band, but then Ken and I walk away with all the songwriting credits and, and, the, and the other two, well, they thought they were in the band, but really they were just a hired gun. So I think those conversations, it's like a marriage, you know, before you, before you, or or even a serious relationship before you're together, you know, whether you're married or not, where you tie the knot, though, it's like, okay, well, you didn't tell me this six months ago. You know what I mean? So you want to, you want to be very upfront and clear. Listen, when I met my wife, I told her. All my, all the garbage I had, all the things I'd been through, the two divorces prior, everything that happened, every, I, I unleashed, I unleashed, I unloaded everything. I'm like, look, I just, this is about the third time we met, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know none of this <laughs> stuff is attractive, uh, but, <laughs> but I want you to know, cause I don't want it to come up later. You know what I mean? I don't want you to find out. It's like, Hey, you didn't tell me this. I, I put all my laundry out there, the good and the bad, uh, cause I cared about her. I'm like, this can actually, this is going somewhere. I knew it. But I'm like, she needs to know these things. Sometimes it's a painful conversation to have. You know, hey, I'm the songwriter here. Um, right. I don't want to give you credit for the songs. You're a higher gun. Or, yes, we're all taking part in this, and here's how we'll divvy up a percentage. So good, yeah. good conversation wow. to have ahead of time.
1: Yeah, and uh, put it in writing. <laughs>
0: yeah dude yeah
1: you know uh one of the best things that i did was protect my music uh early on which um they all signed contracts with me under homeric which was hey if they were at any point to not be a part of this anymore they choose to revoke rights to any participation of that music okay, um good, good. that that was that was upfront. you know we signed it together on paper uh, and we, it was a way for me to say, "Hey, I want to include you in the process, yeah. but if you decide to backstab me or anything like that, you lose your rights here. This is not, and this is not an even thing." Um, and that was so important for me, and it saved my project. Man. Um, yeah, you gotta really think about how much this music means to you, yeah. um, and if it is you know paramount that you control this music for the rest of your life um you have to do everything in your power to protect that and keep the integrity of that together um otherwise you risk you risk it you risk it all um yeah legalities can be very bad and there are so many lawsuits in the music industry geez like you don't need to add to that statistic
0: <laughs> no and that's what i love about platforms like the like i go through cd baby to release my stuff to put it out <clears later> there <throat> on the digital platforms there's distro kid bandcamp all, all those places right and you can yep. establish that songwriting credit right there when you release it and and you're protected right through that so and of course if you're writing the song there's other ways to protect it i remember the poor man's copyright you would just mail a cd yep. to yourself and not open it so if you ever Get sent to court. Well, here it is. <laughs> oh, Ken, yep. uh, I know we've been running for a while here, man. But um, speaking of that, do you want to cover our metal song of the week?
1: Metal song of the week. I am looking actually right now. Um, you know what? Um, I'm just going to highlight because I've been listening to uh, Obituary's new album. Ooh, you uh, yes, put me dude. onto that yeah and uh the whole Dolby Atmos experience with dying of everything is really cool yeah. if you have not experienced it in atmos, you should definitely try it. It's very, very sure cool that. um yeah check out Dying of everything uh the album I, I, and actually it like you said it is an album that you can listen from top to bottom. I really it is do a like a
0: solid that. album dude yeah it
1: is a solid album um but yeah I mean listen to it uh, if you haven't got a chance to definitely yeah
0: i have got um, i'm gonna highlight a a good friends of some some recent friends of mine because i didn't know these guys until probably within this year uh william james the drummer i talked about this plan with me um for my show he's the drummer for this band and i've gotten to know brad Mater quite well from this band and you guys already know i'm talking about must not kill so there's nice. one particular song off of their uh, latest EP called Junk Food Patriotism. It's the last track on there. The whole EP is great, but the last track on there is called Burn All the Flags. and wow. uh, And look at that artwork there. You I guys, love the art. The art you guys watching awesome. this on our, on our YouTube membership, you can see the artwork there, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I've become…
1: American Donuts. Yeah, American Donuts.
0: But I've become good <laughs> friends with, with Brad… Um, yeah, he works. He works for Dean Guitars as well. So we we might have some stuff coming up there. And uh, Will's just a phenomenal drummer. And I've I've met Tom, their singer. Tom's a great dude. I've not met their bass player yet, but uh, but I've, I've talked to him on the phone on, on another podcast on the Drinking with Drew show. Which uh, <laughs> hey, we'll get Drew on our podcast, and you and I will have to go to his podcast soon, man. There but, we go, uh, man. Yeah, great, great. We're, EP. we're on. We are on. <laughs> well, guys. That wraps it up for another week of Metal Mastermind in Your Face podcast. Hey, we should have caught it in your face. <laughs> you know, Ken, we're, we're not really in your face type people though. We're kind of more chill and laid back, and uh, and more try to try to motivate folks and encourage you. Yeah, hey, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> Ken. Ken and I we're not we're not in your face. We're we're those dudes that you would just want to just kind of chill and have a have yeah. an IPA with or a stout yeah. with, you know. Love it. Yeah, I'll take a fine. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of Metal Mastermind. Do check out our website, metalmastermind.com. Check out all of our courses. A lot of you listening, you have a course, but you might not know that we have other courses out there as well for other instruments, other skill sets, uh, from mixing to vocals to guitar, bass, building your studio theory, all that good stuff. So do head over to metalmastermind.com, guys. As always, until next week, create your own sound.